0: Well, good morning and welcome to our unique uh, MCC Easter uh, celebration. We are so glad that you're able to join us by way of technology uh, this morning as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, so every Easter it is so important to me that uh, when I get to stand before the congregation, the first thing I want to do is I want to say He is risen, and hear a response. Well, since I'm not going to hear a response from you this morning, I'm going to say it, and you just, where you're at at home, would you please respond? I will say, He is risen. You say, He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Very, very good. We do serve a Lord and Savior who is resurrected and who is alive today. And we're going to look at that today and see how God has given us hope, and how He has restored hope and grace for us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I really just want to take you to one uh, simple little phrase, actually, uh, in one verse. And we're going to set that up and look at that as we look at it this morning uh, in God's Word. So would you join me in prayer as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Father God, thank You for sending Your Son, the Lord Jesus, to die on the cross to bear our sins in His body, to pay the price, to shed His blood, to go into that tomb, but Lord, not to stay there. And Lord, we celebrate today that He has risen. He's risen again. He is victorious. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And because of His resurrection, we have a resurrection and a celebration And so, Father, bless now as we open your word for just these few moments and reflect on the goodness, on the hope, on the grace that your resurrection provides for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we must remember that on Friday, the disciples were hopeless. That on Saturday was the Sabbath of the Passover. It was the high day, the most highly holy day uh, of the year. But yet the disciples struggled with being frustrated, discouraged. And maybe the day even going completely long and unending. But Sunday, Sunday was the day. Sunday was the day it all changed. Sunday restored hope. And brought grace. Sunday was the day. We know that it was. But they didn't. We know now that what Sunday is. But that morning when they awoke, when they got ready, we see the scripture telling us that the women got up. Not only did they get up, they got up early. They got up before the sun had even risen. It wasn't hard. No one could really sleep. In haste of getting Jesus' body buried and and put into the tomb, they had to skip several normal routine things to take care of his body. And so the ladies had already decided that on that first day of the week, they would go back and they would finish the job. As they walked to the tomb, they didn't say much. Not much to say when your Messiah is dead. But it must be made very clear They did not know what we know. They were not at all expecting there to be anything other than a sealed tomb and a buried corpse. As a matter of fact, the only conversation that the Bible records that is given to us in any narrative is that they asked, Who's going to remove the stone for us? Why? Because they knew once a person died and was buried, they stayed dead and they stayed buried. They had no idea, no hope, no chance that that Jesus would come out of the tomb. They witnessed the crucifixion. They understood how burial worked. They were there when His body came off the cross. They were there when they laid Him in the tomb. They saw His body was lifeless. They saw that He was dead. They saw that He was buried. They knew the story had ended. And then they came to the tomb. I don't know what the, the pathway was to the tomb. I don't know if they had to come over a little crest or, or, or what it was there. But when they got there, they got to the tomb they witnessed the unexpected when they got to the tomb they saw that the tomb was open the stone was rolled away the door was wide open the guards who 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 were guarding the tomb were, were weren't there what was going on what was happening now for you and me we would go man that's exciting news because we know the story but the women didn't their reaction wasn't even positive their reaction was someone stole his body someone desecrated the tomb he's not alive he's been taken and john in his gospel who john was a disciple of jesus christ who john walked all the way through the whole crucifixion with jesus and saw all of this happen records for us and tells us that mary magdalene ran back to where the disciples were staying She went back to tell Peter and the disciples what she had found, or better, what she hadn't found. And immediately, when hearing the news, in classic Peter fashion, he heard that he took off towards the tomb, and John was with them as well, and John also records that he took off for the tomb. Now, I love how John records this, because this is so human. This is just so much like each one of us, because John records not only did Peter take off, but John wanted us to know that John won the race. (laughs) Peter took off, but John passed him up, and John makes it to the tomb. However, when he gets to the tomb, John froze. He couldn't go in. He looked in, but he couldn't go through the door. He, he saw the linens there, but he couldn't go in. And just a few minutes past, Peter comes running up to the tomb. And do you think Peter would stop at the door? No, not Peter. Right into the tomb he went, not even pausing for a moment. And he goes in. And what he finds is unbelievable. What he sees there is maybe something he should see. He sees the linen cloths. He sees the the cloth that covered the face of Jesus. But what was different, what was wrong, is there was no body. The linens were there. The cloth was there. The body was gone. And John, standing outside, doesn't really tell us whether Peter made any noise or or Peter said, hey, John, come in, or, or I can't believe this. But John had had enough. He'd stood at the door long enough, and he goes in. And John records, there's the linen. There's the napkin, the cloth that was over his face, folded neatly off to the side. There's no body. Where's the body of Jesus? And while he stands there, John records these words about himself that are so powerful and so important for us today One simple verse, one simple phrase. John chapter 20, verse number 8. John is in the tomb. He's standing there. He sees the linen. He sees the cloth over the face. And he writes it this way. This is how John writes about himself. Then he says, the other disciple, that's him, who reached the tomb first. Let's just get that down, right? I made it to the tomb first. Describes himself. Also went into the tomb. Now listen to what he says. And this is what I want you to see. And he saw and believed and he saw and believed peter was in there we don't know what peter thought at that moment but peter uh reaction isn't given to us but john goes into the tomb and he looks at what he sees and what he sees makes him believe what did john see john saw the linen But of course, as I said, even with Peter, he expected to see the linen. Wrapping bodies in burial cloths was very much the routine of that day. And so he should have saw the linen. Nothing amazing about that. But when he saw the linen, he realized that in that linen, there was no body. The body was gone. The linen was was uh, uh, depressed, if you will, or, or, or disheveled, if you will. The wraps were intact, but the body was clearly Gone. So what does this mean? What what, what does this mean for the disciples? What does it mean uh, for us today? The women thought the body was stolen. Maybe Peter thought the body was stolen. John says he believed. I believe he believed what Jesus had said. But was the body stolen? Well, there's some questions we have to ask if we think the body might have been stolen. First of all, how did they get the body out without really messing up the wraps? The linen that was on him. The next question is this, if you're going to go steal a body, I don't know if you ever have, I hope you never do, but if you're ever going to go steal the body, are you going to take it out of the clothing or the wrapping that it is in to steal that body? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then on top of that, we know, based upon what the Scriptures tell us about the narratives there and those that were there, that the tomb was heavily guarded by Roman soldiers. Even if they could sneak in and sneak out, they would have been seen by the the soldiers. There was no other way to get in there but through the door that was sealed by the stone. How could the body have been stolen? And the truth is is that there's no way the body could have been stolen. Well, many have thought this. Maybe they just went to the wrong tomb. Maybe they just showed up to a tomb that was already carved out and and there was nobody in there. And there's just, just the wrong place. But you've got to remember The women were there. They buried him. They put him in that tomb. They knew exactly where he was. And the scripture tells us, John tells us, that the tomb wasn't that far from Golgotha, wasn't that far from where he was crucified. So there was a a line of sight that could be seen there. And so we see that uh, they didn't go to the wrong tomb. As a matter of fact, the other thing was it was the only tomb that was guarded by soldiers. So that made it stand out a little bit uh, as well, didn't it? Well, others have thought possibly Jesus, enduring crucifixion, enduring the scourging, well, he wasn't really completely dead when he went into the tomb. Well, there's really no question of his death. I don't know anyone that could have their heart pierced and live, and uh, even in, especially in the first century. The women were there, they washed what happened, they took his lifeless body off of the cross, they wrapped his body, they put him in the tomb, they were all a part of that, and so Jesus did not walk out of the tomb. As a matter of fact, how could anyone in his state walk out of the tomb, move that stone, and not be seen by, by anyone uh, in that moment? It was just completely impossible. So John saw, and John believed, the only answer that could be, and that is this, Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus is risen. That's the only answer that makes sense. That's the only answer that fits. It's exactly what Jesus said would happen. Jesus said these words in in the Gospel of John. He said, destroy this temple. And he's talking about his body. He's talking about himself. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. Jesus did what he said Jesus is risen John was the eyewitness Peter was the eyewitness as they went to the tomb the ladies were the eyewitnesses they went to the tomb and they saw that the body was no longer there what John saw or better what John didn't see in that tomb was enough evidence for him to believe that Jesus has risen again this also means something so very important for us because Jesus has risen again. It means that Jesus' resurrection has restored hope for us. There is hope. There There is hope for the disciples. There is also hope for us. Jesus was who he claimed to be. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. There are many who say Jesus never said that he was God and robed in human flesh. But all through the scripture, all through those who were eyewitnesses of Jesus, recorded in all of their gospels that Jesus was The Son of God, that He was God enrobed in human flesh. And His resurrection proves to us that Jesus was exactly who He claimed to be. But not only that, Jesus again did exactly what He said. Listen to what Luke records in in his gospel. These These are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. Jesus said this was going to happen. Jesus said he was going to go to the cross. Jesus said he was going to rise again. And John and Peter were firsthand eyewitnesses of what Jesus said he would do. Listen, I think it's very important for us to understand that when a person predicts their death, their burial, and their resurrection, and they pull it off, that's a person we should listen to, isn't it? And Jesus did, and Jesus pulled off his resurrection. We must understand something very, very important, and that is this. Our Bible that we study, that we know, that has these stories in them are not just stories. These are eyewitness accounts of those who were with Jesus when he was crucified, of those who were with Jesus when he rose again. And John even goes farther than this and shows us that his resurrection brings us victory. Through the resurrection Uh, of jesus christ jesus destroyed death hell and the grave which means that those of us who put our faith and trust in jesus christ as lord are guaranteed to have exactly the same jesus rose again and because of his resurrection we too can rise again we have this because of jesus resurrection we have this because we have the eyewitnesses that were there that saw that Jesus died and rose again. But we also have this promise as well. Jesus, after his resurrection, uh, even on that day, thats that, Sabbath, or excuse me, that Sunday morning, the first day of the week, after he had risen from the tomb, he also came to Mary Magdalene we saw in the garden. But that evening, while the disciples were in a room that was completely locked because they were afraid of the Jews coming to get them, Immediately in the midst of that crowd, Jesus stood with them and said, peace be with you. I think that's a little funny. I think if Jesus is going to rise again and come stand before you, you better ask for peace uh, when he shows up. Uh, There he says, peace be with you. And then a little bit later, he comes back again because Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas, eight days later, the Bible says, was there. And when Jesus speaks to Thomas. He gives us this promise. He says something that relates to you and me today. And that is this. He says, Jesus said, speaking to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen? And Thomas says, yes, of course I believe because I have seen. As a matter of fact, all of the disciples would say, yes, I believe because I have seen. Well, Jesus continues and said, blessed are those who have not seen. And yet believed. You see, we have not seen the resurrection, but we know those who have. We have not seen the resurrection, but we have the eyewitness of those who have. And those of us who will put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ can have the hope of knowing that when we leave this world, we too will have. A resurrection we have a hope that knows that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior that heaven is our eternal home that our heaven is where we will be with our Lord and Savior well even more than having the eyewitnesses there's one other thing that I want to show you today that came because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that is God's grace we have hope We have hope in this life, we have hope for eternity because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we also have grace. You know, when the ladies came to the tomb, the one thing that they noticed uh, the most was the fact that the stone was rolled away. The tomb was open, and you may have heard this before, and I have said this myself, the stone wasn't moved to let Jesus out. Jesus didn't need the stone to be moved for him to rise uh, again. The stone was moved so the disciples could come in, so the people could see that the tomb was empty, so the women could come in and see that the tomb was empty. But I'm also convinced that one other other thing did come out of that tomb. I am convinced that that the, the stone was rolled away and the disciples were allowed to go in because when they went in, one thing also came out. And that is this, the stone was moved to let the disciples in, but to also let grace out. I believe grace poured out of that tomb. Grace was released. John entered, he saw, and he believed. In other words, John entered and grace met him where he was. John entered and God's unmerited favor was there. Jesus had risen death hell and the grave have been defeated sin has been vanquished the barrier has been moved the tomb has been opened and grace has been released for all who will receive listen no matter who you are no matter what you have done no matter what status of life you live in no matter what things you are facing God's grace is sufficient God's grace is sufficient for you and the reality is now, nothing stands in your way. Nothing can keep you from God's grace. If There's, there's nothing, no barrier. Jesus has already paid the price. Jesus now offers forgiveness. Hope has been restored and grace has been offered. How do you receive this grace? Well, you simply receive this grace by receiving Jesus. How do you receive Jesus? Well, the reality is, is that we're all sinners. We've all made choices that take us away from God. And we ask forgiveness of that sin. Jesus' death that we just looked at on Good Friday and His resurrection that we are looking on today has defeated death, hell, and the grave. And as we put our faith and trust in what Jesus has done in dying and being buried and rising again, we simply ask by faith, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask forgiveness of my sin. I believe that you died and rose again. Would you come into my life and save me? And God promises that whoever asks will receive. Believe by faith that Jesus died and paid the price for our sins and receive him. Receive him today. And the greatest thing about this grace is that this grace isn't just for heaven. It's not just for down the road. This grace is for today. This grace is for every moment of our lives, everything that we face. Jesus comes into our lives and we have hope and we have grace. Jesus offers the fact that we will know for sure that no matter what this world throws at us, God is with us and Jesus is greater. You will know for sure this life is not all there is. You will know for sure that Jesus has cons- has secured your place in glory. You see John saw he saw the tomb was empty. And John believed that Jesus has risen again and received God's grace. Receive the grace that Jesus has and He will restore hope for you. The truth is and the fact is the tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. The stone is moved. Grace is released. Would you receive Him today and would you rejoice in Him today? Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for the greatest truth that is found in your word. That even though we sin against you, you love us. Even though we've sinned against you, you sent your son who died in our place, was buried and rose again, destroying death, hell, and the grave, and offering grace to us so that we too can receive you have eternity in heaven, have you walk with us in our lives. Lord, if there's one person hearing my voice today that would say they've never accepted Christ, Lord, would they, I pray by uh, faith and by your grace that you would touch them and they would receive to know you as Lord and Savior. We ask this all in Jesus' holy name. Amen.